What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Us podcast. Um, this will be episode. Well, this won't be episode 46. Um, this will just be somewhat of a preview, but I'm going to talk about uh, the Celtics game last night. Well, I mean, not last night, but tonight. We'll just, uh, just ended a few hours ago, the Utah Jazz. Um, plus they have a huge road trip. We're going to get into that fairly quickly. Plus we're going to get into the big, uh, cause football, um, uh, Saturday, uh, championship Saturday. We're going to get into all, you know, I have a, I have about six matchups. I will get uh, five matchups. I'll get into that. I, um, that I think probably are the top games of the day tomorrow. So we'll get into that. Plus, we're going to give you, like I said, preview episode 46, which I will be recording sometime early next week. Um, pretty much is a, a, a roundup of, of a preview of the high school basketball season that's upcoming. Um, it's already started in other, other states, but uh, locally it's, are pretty much starting up, um, you know, next week, you know, you're going to see some games schedule on the schedule. So we'll get into the top teams in the area. Obviously I cover it. I mean, pretty much every, uh, team far as like locally in the New England area. So we'll get into each state to all the top teams in each state, top players, in all those states, as well as the, you know, the big prep schools in the area as well, you know, draftable players that p- could potentially be draftable on, in the near future. Obviously, you know, what Dickie V, you know, uh, anyone notice that Dickie V's, uh, got, uh, had, had, was diagnosed with cancer. So obviously just, just a little bit for him, what he would call diaper dandies into those uh, players locally in the area, which we will, you know, you'll find a lot of those players in, you know, the Brewster Academies, the, the, the bigger uh, prep schools in the area. We'll get into those, uh, those top prep schools as well. And, and the best players in, in that, in those schools. So we'll get into all that. Um, I'm also on the website. I'm working on the um, top 10 um, list for each state. I'm going to, you know, you will be able to find that in the local tab on right on the website. And again, my website is uh, rimsandnets.com, R-I-M-S-N-E-T-S.com. You'll find those lists on the local tab where you'll see top 10 rankings and plus you'll see players to watch in the bottom. It's already set up from last year or the, you know, the last um, list that I made. It's already set up, but I'm going to be updating that um, for this year. So check out for that maybe sometime. I'm thinking maybe I might get it done by the end of next week, most likely. So look out for that by the end of next week. That should be posted. You go on the local tab, you you know find the drop down memory, and you see the local tab. You'll see. Uh, three tiers. You'll ha- you'll see Massachusetts, Connecticut, the first tier, then second tier, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island, and then you have the third tier. You have Vermont, Maine, and this should be um, rankings for all a top ten ranking for all the top 
prep schools and all the top, um, all the top, you know, you know, public schools far as like basketball and that's in those states as well as the players to watch. So that will be, that should be posted in the near future sometime next week or so. So look out for that. Um, but yeah, like, but like I said, let's get into the Celtics road trip right now. I mean, it's going to be tough. Um, pretty much it's going to be from now to sometime to the end of next week. Got five games that they're playing. It all started uh, tonight against the Jazz. They ended up losing that game, 30, 137 to, th- to 130. Um, obviously, not much defense being played. I mean, I thought the Celtics picked up their defense of late. Early in the game, they really struggled uh, defending the three-point line. They gave up nine threes in that first quarter. Um, really didn't help them up late because once you kind of give a team rhythm like that and they feel confident throughout the night shooting the ball, you know, you might be destructive like they were. They, they end up getting uh, 20-something turnovers in the end, but it just didn't help that they gave them a, a really a, a, a good rhythm early on. And, that, and it was really tough to stop them because they were making tough shots down the stretch. It was done. It was like pretty much Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley show. Um, they were really uh, destroying the Celtics with the pick and roll with Gobert. And it was tough to defend them. I was just, I mean, while I was watching the game, I was just preaching for Udoka to just try to like go with a different lineup. I mean, Al Horford was getting eaten alive in those pick and rolls. And, you know, he had to be matched up with Mitchell. As I'm watching these highlights on Comcast Sportsnet, I'm seeing him just get eaten alive by Clarkson and and Conley and, and Mitchell just hitting big threes after big three after big three. And it's just like they've been doing they were doing a good job of getting in the paint and driving and kicking, working the extra pass. I mean, you were seeing Joe Ingles just you know, he had the green light to just pull up and shoot threes. I mean, they just got comfortable, and they had a nice rhythm out there. And they, this is what a good team does when they're at home. You know, they play their style of play, and and that's what they like to do. They like to shoot threes, and they shoot a lot of them. And they had 26 to end the game. So that hurt them a lot. I mean, you have 20 turnovers. That was good, but you, able, you gave up 26 threes. So they shot the ball. Fairly well to overcome all those turnovers. But like I said, Celtics played well of late. Tatum picked it up at the end of the game. I thought he had a very good second half. He ended up having 37 points um, after a slow start. It just seems that's just the norm with Jason Tatum. He tends to always have a slow start and then picks it up late in the game. That's kind of what he does. But it was a nice, you know, nice all-around all around game for him. He had like 37, had... I think he had six rebounds, five assists. I mean, that was pretty, pretty good for Jason Tatum. He had 16 rebounds the other night in the last game. So he's been picking it up all around as far as just being an all-around player. And then I I have a I would quit I would have a pretty hot take for you. I would just say like this. A lot of I mean, you see a lot of talk around town saying that um one of these three pieces have to be traded, whether it's 
I, I think Jason Tatum is definitely a guy that has to stay. I think he's the he's the key cog. Some people complain about his attitude, like he doesn't care, but I think of late he's shown he's shown his value as a player, and he's a number one he's a number one player on a on a championship team, that's for sure. So it has to be two guys that have to go. And I just think, I mean, it's still a little time. You still, I know it's still early in the season, but, you know, you're, you're still a team that's, that, you know, one game over 500. Uh, you got to start thinking um, where this team could be, you know, in the next few months or within, you know, around February when the trading deadline happens. You have to think about what piece you're going to have to, you know, kind of ship out in order to make your team better. And, and my hot take, which I might I might write an article about. I've been like I said, I've been teasing you all about writing an article about Bradley Beal to post on the website, but I might lean towards like which that could it could relate to what the piece on a lot of people say Marcus Smart should go. But like far as like a piece that I think would make better sense far as like how much you would get back is probably Jalen Brown. I know that's going to upset a lot of people and think like, what are you crazy? He's like their second best player. Like he's, he's a, he's still young. He's got a good contract, all this. I mean, I love, I love all the pros of that, but at the same time, they've had their biggest run when he was out. Like they've had their best, they played their best basketball this season when he was out. They scored 130 points tonight without him and it just seems like I don't know what it is where it's like Marcus Smart plays better when he's not on the floor with Jalen Brown I just I'm this is what I've noticed I've noticed that you want to talk about Marcus Smart and say this then and third he's this and that he's a cancer all that um no disrespect to all the cancer patients when I say that I don't I don't mean to offend anybody but I'm just saying Marcus Smart they're saying a lot of a lot of junk about Marcus Smart, saying that he does a lot. I mean, I ain't gonna lie; he's not perfect. He's gonna make, he's gonna do some boneheaded plays at times, just like anyone, you know, that isn't a, your prototypical star player is gonna make boneheaded plays. If they're not a um, premier player, they're they're, just, they're capable of being, you know, having inconsistencies with their game and. And I know it's the off-the-court issues, but I just think there's a lot of things that he does on the defensive end of the floor that will you be able to replicate that if you trade him away? I don't think you can. I think there's a lot of stuff. He can win you a game with the intangibles. I think he's, I think he has the intangibles that you kind of need to have with your guy that isn't your best player. Or one of your better players. I think he has to be like your, your quote unquote dream on green to this team. Cause if you trade that away, you may not get a guy. You could. I'm not saying that you couldn't, but you, it wouldn't be like that easy to get a guy like that. I'm not, and people say, oh, he's replaceable. I hear a lot of talk that he's replaceable that, but until you get that guy, he's not replaceable. So far as those, intangibles the intangibles is what can win you a playoff game when it's a tight game i just remember him making that play with toronto raptors series that where that he had that block those are those type of plays that i'm talking about where you got that block in the playoff series that really really won you that game 
or that really down the stretch really, you know, helped you propel you to that victory to win that series against the Toronto Raptors, you know, the, the year that they were in the bubble. So it's like plays like that. I still are, they're still in my memory bank. And I think people have to really like understand the value of that. Cause not everyone can make plays like that. Those are, those are very key plays in games, especially down the stretch. And he made a big three down the stretch, and even in this game. Now, if they would have been able to get some stops against Mitchell and Conley, they were up by three points, in, uh, uh, which I'm referring to the Utah Jazz game. They were up by, what, as many as three, possibly four points before you know Mitchell and Conley made that run to, to end the game. So there's a lot of good things that he does. So I just think when Jalen Brown, you put him in the mix – there's less touches for Schroeder, which I think more touches for Schroeder, the better he, is, better a player he is, the more effective that he can do in a lot of other different areas, as far as like distributing ball and kicking it out to to open shooters and stuff. He's a very good uh, distributor as well as scorer. So I really prefer to have Tatum and Schroeder get a lot of touches. And like I said, trading Jalen Brown, I think he's gonna give you more returning. Um, you, you'll get more, you'll get a more of a return trading him than you would get with Marcus Smart. So I know people get frustrated with Marcus Smart, but it's, I think it would make, um, it would make more better basketball sense as far as like how much you would get back in a return if you trade Jalen Brown. And I just think it might be a, a move that may not make sense to people, but I think I'm looking at all the, I, when I watch the game, I really pay attention to all the the small details. And I just think Jalen Brown, I don't know, it's, it's just a weird vibe that I get when he's playing out there, especially on the defensive end. I think, you know, he can miss his rotations. And I, this is this is going on from his rookie season. He still kind of makes those mistakes where he doesn't, you know, try 100%. On the defensive end. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great scorer. And he does a lot. But what I've noticed of late is that Jason Tatum is getting to the rim. Um, he's getting to the free throw line. I still think Jalen Brown struggles with that part of his game. And that's where I think that's a big difference between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown can knock down threes. He can has a nice little mid-range game. But as far as like getting himself in the paint and... And he, only wrong, I'm not saying that he can't against, you know, maybe because athleticism is probably his biggest strength. But, yeah, if he's more quicker than you and more athletic, he will get himself in the paint. But when he plays against teams that are like, the, like, like what he got, you know, he got exposed against Brooklyn Nets. And I know he's not 100%. So I, I, I got out to understand he's not 100%. But it's just some of this, some of these things, even when he was healthy, it's, it was, Still, you know, problematic. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just it's something wrong when him and Smart and Tatum share the floor. There's just something wrong with that mix. And I just think Smart and Tatum, it seemed like they play well together. It seemed like they have some synergy together. And they do have somewhat, somewhat chemistry. They have somewhat chemistry. I don't know if they get along off the court. I don't think it matters, but... I just know they play well enough to be functional. But when Jalen Brown gets into the mix, 
it's it, it it sometimes it just goes wrong in in some ways where they just can't close games out. Things get dysfunctional. Guys start jacking up unnecessary shots instead of moving the ball, and that causes a lot of friction. And you can just tell. Like I don't know when Jalen Brown's gonna come, whether he's gonna come back in this road trip. I did see him on the bench tonight, so maybe he possibly might play a game or two on the road trip. But I mean, if Everyone just when you watch, just pay attention, especially down the stretch. If it's a close game, watch and see how the offense works. Does it work where it's like, you know, they're moving the ball, they're 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 getting to the paint, driving into the free throw line, or because I know when Tatum is the number one option, that's that's what tends to happen. They they tend to be a more functional team, but when they don't do that. It could be because, you know, whether it's Marcus Smart taking a bad shot, whether Jalen Brown taking a bad shot, or either Jalen Brown's having a hard time getting to the, all the way to the rim because he, he still struggled with his ball handling issues. And that, that's the reason why he, can get, he can't get to the free throw line at a high rate. High, you know, because Tatum right now is getting to the free throw line at a high rate right now. Like, he's getting to the free throw line on the road where – that's a, that was part of his game that he was starting to struggle with. Now he's starting to get better at that. And we'll have to see if Jalen Brown improves that. But as of right now, he hasn't. So he's still not, you know, getting there at a high rate like Tatum is. So that's where I just think. I just think you'll get a better return. So as far as, like, a solution to this team, you might have to, you know, take a piece off of here, whether it's Smart or Jalen Brown. But I'm leaning towards Jalen Brown. I just think that's that has to be something that they probably would have to consider doing once it comes down to you know February and the trading deadline. Um, but anyways, we're gonna take a short break and we're gonna get into those college football picks. So uh, once again, you listen to the Rims and S podcast. Your host Rob Morris. We'll be right back with a quick break. We'll. We're going to get into the college football picks right after we come back. <laughs> 